The first time I saw Jessica Charville's art, I was amazed by her talent and how well she combines her illustrations with feminism. In this week's episode, she describes not only her creative process and how she starts to question the sexism in her subculture, but she also talks about her long fight to get breast reductions. Many people have to go through a lot of pain, countless no's, and expensive treatment in order to feel comfortable in their own bodies and to be taken seriously. Jess shares her own experience and how she, at the age of 34, finally feel at home in her own body for the first time. My name is Fanny Beckman, and this is Women of My Generation. Jess, how are you today? Good, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good as well. Um, and sun shining, which makes such a difference. Yes. I don't know, are you able to go outside at all? Do um, you have a garden or anything? So we have a... We're in a basement flat, which is definitely quite a weird place to be quarantined. But um, we've got a little tiny courtyard. Um, but it's... Uh, there's quite a lot of um, spiders and insects out there, but we do oh, no. we do go out there, but um, not much. We we do we do. It's nice to have like even just something that you can just go and sit there with a cup of tea and be like ah like air. Um, but we've yeah exactly. We've got like the steps down to where we live, which is like a little weird sun trap. But um, I do feel a bit like anxious sitting out there because of people passing by and stuff. But most people are quite good. They're just like walking down the middle of the road and stuff now, I've noticed. So, um, oh, yeah, of course, to keep the distance. And yeah. It's not much traffic either. No, exactly. So, but we, no, but it's not too bad. Like, it's, it's a bit of a dark, it's a bit of a dark flat, but it's nice in the evenings. But in the daytime, you kind of, you're not getting quite enough, um, light so you start losing track of what time it is you're like oh what's it like outside <laughs> from down here yeah so. <laughs> yeah and even like what day it is I struggle with that sometimes. oh I know I know it's it's so yeah it's really quite strange isn't it it's very very groundhog day at the moment yeah but you mentioned you had a sofa day yesterday are you watching any good series or films um yeah so what happened in the end was yesterday I I start. I was sat down to do some work, and I um, realised that I had done all my work. I thought I had like one more thing to do on this job, and then the person that I've been working with was like, "No, you've done it. You're, you're done." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So um, <laughs> I I started watching. Um, I, I watch. I like watching quite a lot of like comedy and stuff. And I I was watching. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, and then I found myself like almost falling asleep on the sofa at like one o'clock and I was like no like this isn't my day I need to change my day so I like panicked and I got up and I did um the Joe Wicks workout thing and then I was just oh. I was just I could literally only do 10 minutes of it because I'm so unfit and um and then 
some of my friends wanted to do a little Zoom meetingy kind of party thing. So there was a bit of it was a bit of one of those days, like a bit. It was kind of almost a sofa day, but I did do some work. Yeah, that definitely <laughs> sounds more productive than I expected. When <laughs> yeah, you said a sofa day. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think today today's like been more of an official day off kind of thing. So, so. but you mentioned a few times now that you've been working, and for anyone who doesn't know that you are you are a illustrator and illustrator and you work a lot um, with projects to celebrate women and to question various norms yeah and you've for example done illustrations to remove stigma around periods and art that celebrates suffragettes uh, achievements yeah so I was just wondering a bit more about your work and like when and how do you start to get involved with the feminist movement and was it natural to you to use your art to reach out with your message? Yeah, so I um, I think without realising it, I was probably brought up by a feminist. Um, so my mum, so um, kind of, you know, my mum and dad are, were split up, but um, or are split up, but they, so I was kind of, you know, brought up by both of them, but lived with my mum. But um, so my mum was in the uh, the army reserves when I was growing up and um, very much a just can do everything kind of person, like fixing everything in the house and very much like a solo um, woman. And it was quite kind of, I don't think I even knew really the term kind of feminism growing up. But looking back now, I think it was quite good because she was always kind of saying to us, like teaching us how to do stuff and um, wasn't ever kind of shying away from doing things that potentially someone of her generation would think that a man might do kind of thing. So that was quite quite good, I think. And um, But it's it's kind of weird when I think about it. I'm just like, oh, like, I wonder when I actually officially was like, I am a feminist. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think... I think um, I was like very much an emo as a, a teenager and then in my early 20s and which is like now looking back I'm just like oh my god like such a toxic sexist subculture to be part of. Oh is it? I think Not so well. yeah I well you really rare 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 to see a woman in a emo band back in the day um, mm-hmm. and whereas when I look at kind of bands now like in kind of punk bands and like like punk rock scene you get a lot more women in bands and lots of misogyny in the lyrics of emo songs lots of slut shaming type lyrics and yeah like like that band there's a band called brand new um who were massive around that time and um his lyrics were just just awful about women and and I look back and I'm just like you know, I think we were all in it and part of that scene and we would be like, oh, that's awful that they're saying that. But like now I, I listen back and I was like outraged by it. And I'm just like, wow, like I was really part of that that scene. And I think I started in my later 20s realising how badly I'd been kind of treated by, mm. by kind of, um, you know, people and in that industry and then you mm. actually end up starting to realise that, that that you're a feminist and that you're kind of like, well, actually, that's not fair how I was treated and did I miss opportunities of this and did, did this happen to me? And um, 
so it's funny in your kind of youth you you go through stuff and you don't necessarily realize what's happening until you're a bit older I think and for me anyway and so mm-hmm. I'm, I was a real like late starter in life so I was like kind of my 20s really felt like my teens for me so and I always drew a lot of stuff that was to do with kind of my life and me and um and then I I think actually it started coming out the stuff that I felt really so I'm not actually very good with words which is why I've panicked about doing a podcast because um I'm not not very I've often like struggled with really explaining how I feel or um explaining why I'm annoyed about something or why something upset me and sometimes it's then come out in 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 a drawing which is which has been great so and it's it's, it's such oh, a nice, okay. nice way to mm. communicate with people as well and you know that other people will read it in the same way as well so yeah well I um, first of all I don't agree at all I think you're really good at explaining your ambitions and what you want to achieve but I definitely also get uh what you're saying and it's the same with me I use photography to express my rage uh in a way about like the the climate we have in today's society and about the patriarchy yeah and I had a think before and how we met, and it was actually through the feminist bookshop in Brighton. Yes. Because we, um, they had a focus group, uh, yeah. where they asked people to come and join and just talk about what we wanted out of that space. Yeah. And kind of um, inspire like different books or events and stuff like that. And then now, um, like it was probably a year later, we actually. Um, was told that we had opportun- opportunity to exhibit our work there, yeah. which is really cool. So you do both your own personal project, but you also work commercially. And it's quite often related to feminism when you work commercially as well. Um, but how do you find your clients and what does your creative process look like? Yeah, so I think I'm quite lucky that I've got quite a voice in my work, which is... I think I've always very much just started off probably just by like drawing myself all the time and then when I got more into feminism or I've always wanted to draw strong women kind of thing and then um so it's quite good when I've because I've got that voice in my work I then get approached a lot of the time from things like Instagram and online kind of presence through some like clients will get in touch with me and say we want to do an international women's day campaign or we want to do this and we want you to illustrate it and it's it's really nice having that voice in my work which means that other people know that that I've got those kind of morals and that I've got those passions that I want to bring into who I work for and which is really hard sometimes as an illustrator because you want to take the work you want to take all the work and you want to it's you know it's a, a difficult industry to to necessarily make money from sometimes so you're saying yes to work and then sometimes I've done um some commissions and I've looked back and been like I wish I hadn't done that job for that client because they're problematic and um and so I've really um changed the way I've made sure I've done like a bit more research on who I'm working for if I can and uh, luckily I haven't had to turn anyone away or anything now but like um Mm. it's really nice when I get people that come forward and they've got the same kind of values and stuff and but um Yeah, I have got an. I have actually got an agent as well. I got her about a year ago, and we met, and we just got on really well. And she, That's amazing. yeah, it was really lucky because I was I was studying. I'm kind of um, 
I'm halfway through doing a master's degree in sequential illustration, which is like storytelling through illustration. Okay. And I, I've deferred for a while and I, I'm going to go back next year. Um, it was really hard managing it alongside working and the money kind of side of it. So I thought, right, I'll just defer for a bit and then I'll go back. But basically they brought in an agent that met every person off the course. Um, so when I had my meeting with her, we we got on really well and she's like really similar to me and she's like a bit of a raver from Glasgow and she's got all these like hilarious (laughs) stories of like her youth in Glasgow and stuff and anyway so we've done loads of work together over the last year and so she's got me some like great commissions and stuff as well but a lot of the time I'll get them and then I'll bring her into it and then we'll work on them together because she can really help me manage the kind of um paperwork side and like the money side because it's it's really stressful when you're a creative person you're not necessarily always very good with like negotiating and um that kind of side of it because we it's a lot of people I think struggle to value their work because it feels personal and it feels like you're lucky that anyone likes it at all and then you end up being like now I've got to put a price on it like it's it's really hard yeah (laughs) yeah it's really hard really difficult but but before we started recorded, you, uh, recording, you mentioned a job that you are working on at the moment, which sounds so inspiring. Do you want to share? Yeah, yeah. So I, I was, um, it's a really exciting one because I, I was saying to you earlier that I basically like, hardly ever go to the cinema. And I went last year to see the Little Women film. I was like, it's like the only film all year that I was like, I want to see that film. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, <laughs> I went to watch it, luckily. And then... Um, so that it's coming out, it's, I guess it's coming out on DVD. Is that what that people would say now? I don't know. But it's coming out, um, not in the cinema, in May. And they, uh, the PR company got in touch with me and I'm doing an illustration as part of like the release where they're sending it out to, like they send out like a little box, I think, of lots of things to like influencers and like film critics and stuff. So I'm doing an illustration to do with Laura Dern, who plays the mum. In, in Little Women mm-hmm. so that's been really fun so I'm drawing all of the the female characters in it it's been so fun like thinking about the film again and because literally luckily it was like the only film I saw in the cinema so I was like right okay thank god but I it's for me it was um one of the like I found it really inspiring just thinking how kind of useful that book must have been for anyone that didn't feel like they um kind of con, uh, conform to the to the norms growing up in in oh, I guess it was like Victorian America but um mm. the, you know the fact that the main character is she's like anti-marriage she's like why should I have long hair like why should I do this and she yeah, she's yeah. she's so rad like I was like wow like this this woman <laughs> is awesome um and like mm. if it was now like I really feel like she would be able to fully like explore who she is um now as a person that because she is obviously it's the the author um it, she's writing it about her own life and you, you know now you, you you read that story or you see the film and you think about how she would be now and she would be able to explore like whether she's queer or asexual or 
perhaps you know mm. like you just you just don't know like she would be, have a, a really different experience now which is is amazing you know but so it's, yeah. yeah so it's been really fun to like think about that and get to draw those characters because it was for me it was one of my kind of favorite like feminist things that kind of happened last year it was right mm. right at the end of last year it came out but um it's a really exciting job yeah, it sounds like a dream job yeah yeah so it's really good I'm just working on that at the moment and I think that will come out in um May so it's a t-shirt basically it's a t-shirt design basically so mm. yeah so I that's get so exciting exciting yeah are you gonna put something on Instagram about it as well yeah so I often have to find out from the clients when I can put it online um so sometimes it's really hard because I feel like I, I'm like really a big user of Instagram and I put lots of stuff on my stories and I probably don't put enough illustration stuff on my stories. It's always just like me <laughs> jabbering on or like my cat and stuff. And But I think a lot of the time when you're doing stuff, you can't put it online for ages anyway. So you're like, oh, I've got to sit on this illustration for like two months and and then um, finally you, it's released and you get to put it up which is great but yeah. um can you just uh, mention what uh what your instagram account is yeah so it's, it's quite a long long one but it's jessica charville illustration so that's perfect i don't know why i picked yeah, put, um, name. put the, a link in a note as well great. um but you just mentioned that you um put both your work and also you share your own personal stories as well and you recently did a breast reduction and you were quite open about that on your social media as well. Yeah. Um, so I was just wondering, could you just explain the process and why you chose to do it and how long you had to wait for? Yeah, so, I, um, so I'm, I'm 34 um, now and I, I'm, I'm 35 mm. soon, but I, when I was about 18... Um, I went to just like the NHS doctors and was like, right, you know, I'd really like to, um, could I get a breast reduction? And um, I got, you know, it was just like a no straight away, like too young, um, you know, you might change. um, And, you know, by the time I was 18, I was already like aware that I was like, this is not what I want in my, this is not me, like this didn't feel like me kind of thing. And, um, already was like really struggling with with my my body and um so I tried quite a few times in my early 20s to I just every time I kind of moved house basically or changed doctors I'd go to the doctors again and ask them um and a lot of the time they would say things like you just need to lose weight um or you need to do this and it was you know, just, just like really dis- dismiss kind of thing. And um, so then uh, probably about a year and a half ago, um, so I'd, tr- I'd kept trying until pro- probably my late 20s and then I just kind of gave up and I thought to myself, right, I'll one day I'll um, somehow get the money together and do it privately kind of thing. Yeah. Which I didn't Was ever, it- sorry, yeah. Um, no, I was just wondering, was it, did you like feel pain or was it just that it didn't feel like you and you felt uncomfortable with having bigger breasts? So I felt lots of pain as well. So I have, um, I had scarring across my, on my shoulders, like dents from bra straps. 
um, and then back mm. pain, neck pain, lots of kind of posture problems. And because I'm quite short and I'm quite small, so I'm I'm like I was just very much top heavy. So I would would often like if I ever went to like um I, I remember I had to go to an osteopath once because I injured myself at work and he was just like oh your posture is so difficult because you're so like holding myself to cover myself so much so you know that kind of subconscious like holding my shoulders forward to make so never ever sticking my chest out and um and he was trying to get me to walk more with sticking my chest out because it would help with loads of kind of um problems that I was having and I just I just wouldn't do it I'd try and do it and then I'd be like oh my god like people are gonna look at me and and um so Mm -hmm. you know lots of just a mixture of things but the the kind of uncomfortable general uncomfortableness and pain of it was you know probably like the main thing that I was like this is never gonna go away like and I tried therapy and I I you know I ended up like losing weight and it didn't change at all and like you know and I was like crap I have tried everything and um I kind of really got to the end of my tether with it and I so basically I yeah about a year and a half ago I thought right I'm gonna just do it and I I booked they had an off like free consultations with a private clinic and Mm -hmm. basically I was gonna potentially put myself into loads of like debt to get it done and um kind of like loans and things like that and I my sister who is way more sensible than me and she basically was like look she's like can you go to the NHS doctors like please like again and just ask them one more time kind of thing and I hadn't ever tried since I'd moved to Brighton and I went in and I sat down and I had like a list of things like on my phone like this is why and this is why and I sat down with this um, nurse practitioner and I was like right like I have these scar scars on my shoulder I have this pain I have this like you know this happens and she's like okay she's like okay I get it I get it and then and she went okay yeah fine I'll, I'll refer you and I was just like oh my god um so <laughs> I couldn't quite believe it because I'd been trying for so long and you know what I think it might have been the first time that I'd seen a female nurse about it as well and she just totally got it she was like no this is she's like it's not okay she's like you know and I was told her about how I often struggled with any like exercise and things like that and even just struggling with feeling self-conscious about what I looked like you know and living at the seafront and the fact that Mm. I would only go swimming in the sea with my boyfriend but if there was a group of people that were like do you want to go swimming I'd be like no like nobody's seeing me like like and it's just you know it's a bit ridiculous when you think about it I think like you know it's it's a shame to have lived like a big chunk of my life feeling like that kind of thing um yeah definitely but it's understandable completely because I talked to another friend who recently did a breast reduction who had like the same kind of issue and she has to she had to go private um but just the way she explains, like, people wouldn't look her in the face when mm. they talk to her. They would only look at her breasts yeah. and they wouldn't take her seriously. Yeah. And that obviously affects your mental health so much. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that should be a reason enough. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, like, the other thing for me was I've been kind of, you know, in, in relationships before where I've said to 
you know, the guy I've been going out with, like, I, this is what I want to do, I want to have a breast reduction. And the reaction I've had from guys is that, um, well, I'm not sure if I'd fancy you without your... No way. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've literally had, not every one I've gone out with, but I've had that reaction enough times for it to start really, like, um, getting to me kind of thing. And I, I felt... Um, really like uncomfortably sexualized and I thought wow so I'm literally just a pair of tits kind of thing and that's so horrible yeah and I so you know now I live with with my boyfriend and I remember like when we met um which was about a year and a half ago and I told him that I was planning on doing this like I think the first thing he said was like you just got to do whatever makes you feel comfortable like and do whatever if it's if you're in pain and you feel like this psychologically like you've got to do what makes you happy and Ben's just been super supportive the whole the whole way kind of thing so and that mm. that really helps and I think going through something like that with someone that wants to wants you to be happy is also I don't know quite how I would have done it without that you know so I yeah, think of course that makes a big difference as well but um mm. Yeah, so it was... Do you feel more comfortable now afterwards then with your body? Yeah, I do. I feel... I, I used to feel really, like, swamped by having big boobs. And I think being very short as well. So I'm I'm about five foot one. I'm just over five foot one. So I'm really, like, a lot shorter than people think I am as well. And mm. so I always felt kind of, like, swamped by them. Mm. But I... Um, have felt a lot more confident since definitely like I trying to describe like the the way I felt afterwards was is it's really hard but I um I think once I'd once I'd healed like all the healing process was obviously like kind of crazy but I actually looked in the mirror and was like first time in probably since I was probably like 12 or something was just like oh wow I don't actually hate the way I look um and I felt really like I was, I was kind of, it was who I pictured, who I, who I am kind of thing. Um, yeah. So it was really odd and, and it was amazing. And it's, it's changed um, my mental health so much and I'm so, so much happier. And I feel it's, it's quite interesting. Sometimes when you're going through something, you don't necessarily notice how much happier you feel happier and stuff. But other people start saying to you like, "Oh, you look so happy," and "Oh, you look so this," and you're like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I am really happy actually." Like you kind of don't always like realize like when you're going through it, and you're like, like so yeah, it's it's really um, it's made me feel a very different, and I don't even mind that I'm like halfway through my thirties. I'm feeling like this. I'm just like, you know, I, I don't. It's a shame in a way sometimes that I sometimes feel like I like lost a bit of like my youth through feeling so self-conscious all the time and but um mm. I'm just like fine if this is if I had to wait till now that's that's fine like I'm just glad to be happy and um it's yeah it's really made me feel very different about the way I look and I haven't really dressed any differently though I'm still like basically just wear the same thing every day of just like band t-shirts and and skinny jeans mm. <laughs> so but just the fact that you're more comfortable in your body, that's amazing. And I think that's a really good way that you see it as well, that you, yes, it is sad that you lost 
um, so many years thinking about your appearance, but mm. now you just make the most of how it is for now, and it sounds like you're doing really yeah. well. So I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. But how long um, is the healing process? So I had the operation on uh, January 21st, and it's about six weeks of... Um, so they, it's about six weeks healing. Um, so six weeks before you can do any exercise. And mine was pretty good. I was really expecting this, like, that I wouldn't be able to move and I wouldn't be able to, like, get out of bed and stuff. And within about a few days, I was like oh my god I can like I can move around okay and um it was yeah so it was quite weird because you have to sleep on your back for six weeks and I don't think I'm a real like side sleeper so I was like lying on my back and I was like oh I can't sleep but um yeah I found it all right I, I found it like really like weirdly fascinating watching all the incisions like healing and things like that and like I'm a, yeah. I'm a bit like um I'm a bit gross, so I kind of like I'm not squeamish, so I'm always like, "Ooh, look at this! Like, look at this bit." <laughs> <laughs> so my poor boyfriend's just like, "Oh, I don't want to see it." <laughs> but, but were you like nervous before the operation at all? Oh my god, I was so nervous. Yeah, I was really, really. Um, yeah, I was the day of it. I was incredibly nervous and the kind of weeks running up to it it was just I realized like the weight of it was really hard because it's because having it on the NHS you I had my um first operation date cancelled like two days before and then I had to wait another month um and so you're kind of waiting 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 so I waited a year about a year in total to have the operation and you're waiting waiting for them to call you and you can't call them and harass them because you're like God bless you, NHS. Like, I will not, you know, <laughs> like, just give me my operation. Like, but, like, I didn't, I didn't want to kind of harass them too much and stuff. So I was just waiting a lot. And then the day of the operation, my mum and Alex, my boyfriend, came with me. And um, I was, like, doing really well. And then you go in and they kind of, um, I thought we'd have to wait for ages and, like, a waiting room. They called me in straight away. And so I had to suddenly, like, say bye to my mum and Alex. And then I was just, like, uh, yeah, crying. And and then I walked in and I was fine then again. I was, like, they're so good at distracting you, like, the nurses and then the um, the the people that put you under the anaesthetic. I can't say the word. But the people do the, the anaesthetic. They're, like, mm-hmm. basically their job is to distract you from the moment you, like, walk in. So they're just, like, ah, like, asking you all these questions, like, oh, my God, so where do you live? Like, what do you do? And I'm there, like, oh, trying to answer all these questions. Um, <laughs> I was, like, I know what you're doing. I know you're distracting me. Um, but it worked really well because then before you know it, you're lying down and they're, like, okay, so count down from 10 and and then you just wake up and you're just, like, super confused. Um but I was so I was really scared about going under um, anaesthetic, um, and but when I came out of it, like oh god, I was just like so relieved. I was like oh, I'm alive, um, and yeah. So it was the whole thing was really scary, and then the healing afterwards. I was really worried about stuff, but that ended up being pretty easy going and. I'd been on like a bit of a, as a non-exercise fitness person, I'd been on like a bit of a 
fitness kick in the run up to it because somewhere I read that if you did more exercise you were better under general anesthetic and I was like right like so I went like crazy <laughs> exercising like yeah and, um, and so I was just really like chuffed afterwards I was like yes I've done this and then I haven't exercised since then but apart from yes uh, today <laughs> so yeah, yeah I need to get back on that but, well it sounds like it was definitely worth it for you like how you feel now yeah definitely yeah and I think like it's um it's really yeah nice when I see kind of people that have known me for a long time and see me go through lots of different things in life and you know they when they point stuff out to you you go like oh like I am really different and so yeah it's nice to feel really comfortable and I think I think I've never felt comfortable in myself but also like physically comfortable having like a constant kind of pain is 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 really like and now I don't have any um pain you know I don't have any pain in my shoulders pain in my back and and it's really um freeing to feel pain free for the first time since since a teenager kind of thing it's like oh this is this is how a lot of people feel like this Mm. this is nice (laughs) yeah I can't even imagine like the relief you must feel now yeah um but obviously you fought so much to get comfortable with your own body. But if anyone who listens to this wants to go through a breast production themselves, do you have like any advice to them? Yeah, so um, there's lots of um, NHS guidelines on what... There's quite a strict criteria with the, with the NHS on what you um, have to have to be able to get it on the NHS, which is which is a little bit tricky because it um, it almost means it's almost like one kind of type of person which gets it, which I th- sometimes, which I think is quite, it is, it is quite unfair. Um, and I think there's probably quite a lot of, and I think they know this when you go through the system, that they know that it's it's got problems with it, that you have to be below a certain weight and you have to be this, this and this. And that, that I think is quite, there's a lot of um, problems with that. Um, but the, I think my advice is like, and I think what a lot of people that I've spoken to, because I set up a, another Instagram account, which is kind of more my personal one, which I've put a lot more of my breast reduction stuff on. And a lot of people that mm-hmm. have messaged, I think just taking the steps to get yourself to the doctors to start talking to them about it. Because before you might get it through the NHS, you they might want to put you through therapy. So I had a lot of therapy. Um, they might send you to a physio so, but because I'd done all these things myself, so I'd had therapy that I'd already had separately and paid for, you know, and then I had some physio work when I had an injury. So I'd already kind of had these things. So they might then, if you haven't had any of these things in your life, they might say to you, have you tried some therapy or have you tried this kind of thing in case it's um, something that can be fixed in a different way. But sometimes you've got to go through these things like jump through a lot of hoops to get through to it but um I think like because my mum is a paramedic and obviously works for the NHS she's quite um a pushy kind of person because she knows how the you know she's like right you've got to you've got to spell it out to them with this and this you know ticking boxes kind of thing so I think by the by me going through lots of rejection of it by the time I eventually got to it I was like so determined and I was like this is how I feel and And so I think um being kind of strong about it and not giving up is really important but obviously there's a lot of people that are going to do it privately and 
I think if you can do it um, financially, I would say just do it because it's I I I've got some other friends as well, same as you that have had had breast reductions and like the difference in in how people feel and and also I think not to say that like um I mean I always worry about people thinking that I don't that I don't agree with people having big boobs which is such a strange like you know I'm like I don't it's not I don't Mm. agree like it's just like it's just not for me but I love it on other people and I like I love like obviously I love boobs and I like you know love (laughs) being a woman and stuff and like but it's um it's I think if you you can do it and I'm always just like if something's going to help you in your life make you feel happier like just just do it and and especially when people have thought about these things for years and years like you know you want it and if you've still been thinking about it it's it's for you kind of thing I think so Mm. hopefully that's helpful but it's hard to know yeah (laughs) yeah no I definitely agree with everything you're saying and to like prioritize your your health, both physical health and mental as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think you... I definitely think that you gave some really valuable tips there for anyone who's thinking about it. Um, so, again, I'm so glad to hear that you feel so much better in your own body. And thank you for sharing your story here and for creating such amazing, like, illustrations that are so inspiring. And, like I said, I put... A link to your instagram in the show notes as well so everyone can can have a look for themselves um but yeah thanks again and i think that's a wrap for today oh, yeah no it's been great it's uh it's always a strange one when you start talking about your own kind of work and life you think you know hopefully it helps people but um yeah thank you for asking me to be on your podcast very exciting <laughs> <laughs> thank you Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.